0: Someone has led this child to believe by author Regina Louise and we have casting director Twinkie Bird in the studio. Stay tuned.
1: This is book circle online featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's
2: leading book titles and their authors. And now book circle online.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us. So everybody in of the foster care system deserve to find their someone <sighs> and we have author regina louise here to tell us about her journey and casting director twinkie bird who casted her movie i am somebody's child the regina louise story on lifetime hey guys i am your host shay jones and i have the most two amazing women in the studio with me right now Aww. we have regina louise and twinkie bird <laughs> how are you ladies doing awesome
2: mm-hmm. amazing
0: <laughs> it's been a oh, long hell. day of reading. Yeah,
2: so awesomely amazing.
0: I love that. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is your second book. Your right. first one was Somebody, Someone. Yes. And what did you want readers to take away from the first or the second book?
2: The first book, I had promised my abuser that one day I was going to tell. Mm. And I remember running down the street, you know, as the wind licked the raw flesh from the water hose marks. I remember saying, one day I'm going to tell. So that first book, Somebody, Someone, is that telling. The second book, Someone Has let This Child to Believe, this is more of a testimony of me saying, it wasn't personal and I give you all forgiveness and I wanted to actually give the people who were charged to raise me compassion mm. and to, to transform the occurrences into something more meaningful and freeing as opposed to condemning and uh, oppressive.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that because I also grew up a little bit in the, not the foster care system, but I was a foster kid mm. and mm. I was supposed to get adopted when I was 10, but that didn't happen. And still had to deal with my biological parent in the mix and though you know that that was a little wrench but then you realize as you get older i have to forgive you for me mm. not for nobody else mm. what you do with that after i tell you is your own mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. but for me and my spirit i have to mm. forgive you so i can move on and be the person i wanted to be
2: mm, what a wise baby you wow. are Ooh, <laughs> yes wow. absolutely honey
0: and it's it, it, it takes it takes so much to get there because you, you're you angry as a kid when, when it happens, and then mm-hmm. you can't figure out why. And then when you get older and you kind of work through why certain things happen to you right. and how you also responded to the things that happened to you mm-hmm. is the telling part for me. Right.
2: That's right. Wow.
0: Sorry. Yeah. No, I get, I get no, get no deep. not sorry at <laughs> all. Speak no, it. go deep.
1: Yeah. We can hold it. Speak it. Yes. For sure. Um,
0: so... Your first book mm. that you did let you to be reunited with Jean Kerr, yes, and she you were adopted. Yes, I let her adopt me. You mm-hmm. let her adopt you yeah. in the same court that I had first denied denied it, denied it because yes. of the transracial adoption. It mm-hmm. Right. It was because I know I, I read it and I also watched the movie, and I'm also in my head just like she wants to be loved. What is so wrong, right. with, that?
1: Right. Is right. wrong with that? Nothing is wrong with that. But what's wrong with being loved? What to me? What is wrong with being loved by someone that looks like you? That's our challenge, yeah. too, as well. Because when I read the script, I was like, okay, is she supposed to be the bad guy for wanting a young men and women of color to be with people of color as well? Um, but like we have discussed on numerous occasions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a multi layered, multifaceted conundrum.
2: Yeah, because we're set up. So I was set up as a child. I went to church and and was supposed to believe in this white Jesus. Mm-hmm. This representation of all things brilliant and honest and pure. This man did not look like Richard Roundtree. This man did not look like Richard Pryor or Teddy Pendergrass. This man looked like Sean Cassidy.
1: Mm.
2: Okay? Yeah. And so I didn't understand how... It was okay for me to be loving on Jesus, but it wasn't okay for me to let this woman love me. It was very
1: confusing. I'm sure. Very complicated. It was
0: Even for me reading it, it was confusing. And only because I feel like I was also in your shoes as I'm reading it and, Mm. and trying to understand their perspective. Sure. Because there was this perspective of her telling you, that you're black, mm-hmm. and in my in my mind when I was reading it, it was like looking at my skin. I, kn- I know, I know my skin color, man. right? I d- I didn't think I was any other color,
2: right? So wow. So now we get into oh, here we go racial policing, mm-hmm. racial patriotism, and racial fundamentalism, and it's deep, Shay. Yes. And uh, well, what can I say? I was entitled to. My particular way of being black by allowing Mm -hmm. this person to love me did not diminish my identification as a black person. It's sort of what Ture or Michael Eric Dyson Mm -hmm. refers to when he says Barack and and Oprah. Are rooted in their blackness, but they're just not defined completely by it, mm-hmm. and that's the language or the lexicon or the framework that was missing back then. I had a right. To to be rooted in it, right, but not necessarily defined and confined to it by someone else's definition of what my blackness was about.
0: Especially when they didn't tell you what their definition was.
2: Ooh, so it was a cat. I was damned if I did and damned if I didn't. Yeah. So like Twinkie said, this wasn't about and it isn't about vilifying Gwen yes. Ford. We mm-hmm. love awesome Gwen we Ford. We do. No,
0: I- because I got to that side of it. like I, ha- like I got pushed through it, but I was just like, I understand kind of where she's coming from, even if it's not the answer I wanted, obviously. Yeah. She was, she had,
2: in this story, this woman has more power than the judge has, mm-hmm. or at least an equal amount of power. Mm-hmm. And so she can get him to collude with her in any way she wants. So it gets very deep. And it just depends on how deep you want to go. Because we can go there I'm going to try to stay on the surface and, uh, and tread water As opposed to deep diving And doing too much work for people <laughs> So you know I think that it's important for us all To educate ourselves right. And get ourselves tooled right. up Right To
1: understand what's really at work here What are the forces right. that are at work here Because who ripped apart the family to begin with mm. The black family mm. Yes Who Ooh. dragged us here See what I'm saying? She's going diasporic but, on but us. Okay. But what ends up happening is you fall in love with your captor. You have fallen in love with the colonizer, yes. and that's part of the programming, and that's part of the storytelling. So we have to, We have a lot of deprogramming work on ourselves to be done.
2: But I'm gonna I'm gonna come in and counter that and say my character I don't believe mm-hmm. is in love with her captor. Right. Yes. My character is yeah. in love I'm with des- her character. I need to be you just connected. Care. You just
0: needed care and she provided yeah. it. My she humanity.
2: Did. It's a yeah. common humanity right. that was at play. If we do mm-hmm. and if, if we do our homework and we follow the research on attachment right, right attunement, that's what that was all about. Yes. She just attuned for sure. It's a human we're biologically wired to attune to stay safe right so that we don't get gobbled up by the boogeyman in the world it's important for us to attune attach stay a part of the pack stay a part of the tribe as a way of guaranteeing our survival so my character is like you were in survival mode hey somebody is being kind to me right i just left people who wanted to beat the black off me right i don't care who you are what you look like if you're threatening my sovereign Mm -hmm. body come on now yeah Mm -hmm. you could what you did is you beat the fear of my own self in me right yeah you beat to some degree the fear of other black folk in me yeah yeah Yeah. i'm a child i can't rationalize i can do it now but then what what they what what my people came from and i think I think in the Antoine Fisher story, they, they, they scratch the surface of mm-hmm. that, that, unfortunately, the slave mm-hmm. culture mentality. Mm-hmm. And it, it's also called internalized oppression. Mm-hmm. We begin to buy the lie that there is something wrong with us. Yes. See, my girl was innocent. There ain't nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. What did, what did uh, that Glenda said to her wicked sister when the house dropped down upon her? Be gone before somebody drops a house upon you. You yeah. have no power here. Right. So my girl was like, be gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Be gone. Yes. You have no power here. And that was the problem. It was all about power.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: The problem with power
1: Is that can be corrupted Oh Absolute power Corrupts absolutely mm-hmm. Yes
0: Speaking Because we're going to get deep A little bit Since you You know we We're already there One of <laughs> For me the most touching Or my favorite Not even quote the ones That just really It just hit me It's mm. so hard It was um, I wrote it I understood then To be black was bad To be black was just Cause to be obliterated To be black was a blasphemy That not even God could protect mm. Wow so powerful and just says everything at the same time mm. i read that and i t- like i just took it in and i was just like i f- like i felt that before mm. oh we're not supposed to say it but i felt it
2: yeah of course. of course so then you know let's go there i in some way have to become my own god mm-hmm. because i have to be willing to save myself yep yeah you know what I'm saying? What does our girl Adele say? Next time I'll be braver. I'll be my own savior. Right. That's to me what it's about. People it want is. people it want, want to heal. Okay. Right? But at the end of the day, we have to go in and find that intrinsic value. We have to go in and give ourselves to be give ourselves permission to be self-originated. Mm-hmm. If God can't save me, who will? Right. Me. Me. Mm-hmm. I have to be the God in the moment, the yeah. God of me. She. Us, and do that work. What's wrong with that?
1: That is God. There's
2: nothing wrong with that. That is that is Christ in action. That is God, right? Mm -hmm. Or you know, some people could say I should have let myself be beaten because that's Christ in action. Mm. To be submissive. Mm. Everybody has their story and their worldview, but mine is. Let me help God out because he's busy. Taking care of some <laughs> other shit. So you know what? Bro, I
0: got you, God. I like got Until you this. come back around, no, I, right, I got you. Right,
2: right, right, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's, it's important to underscore what it means to save oneself and not to wait. Mm-hmm.
0: And then not to, be, and not to be defined by what other people determine is what black should be. <sighs> Because that was something I grew up in the projects, but I loved musicals and I went horseback riding and I I wasn't necessarily the
1: we have an issue in our community. We have a challenge in our community because I I have been on panels before. And in one moment, I'm on a panel with a bunch of wonderful artists Mm -hmm. and they will all say, you know, when confronted with, oh, you're doing this kind of story or that kind of story. Well, black people are not a monolith. And then the second you say you weren't raised in the projects, which I wasn't. Or the second you say you love musicals. Which I do, or the Bee Gees. or the second that you I love the BGS <laughs> or Duran Duran or anything outside of I love books and I love storytelling yes. and I love to read and I love I love that type of storytelling where it's phantasmagorical. Mm. I want Wizard of Oz mm. and the the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe mm-hmm. and all of those things that take me outside of myself, but also that are an allegory for what is literally going on mm-hmm. if you dig deep enough. That's right. <laughs> yes. Right. That's right. And we will hear people of color, our own people say, that's not black. I'm like, you just two seconds ago said we're not a monolith. All of it. It's all, we're all, <laughs> it's all
2: encompassing. Yeah. Like, that's the beauty of that's being the beauty. black. There, there was a recent, was it HBO did this great Instagram commercial where they came in and they did a segment on all the african-american characters that are in front and behind the scene, scenes on television right now may have been netflix and it said oh, yes. it's this young african-american boy beautiful soul says there's more than one way mm-hmm. to be black and i yeah. thought oh yeah mm-hmm. i'm
0: like we're getting somewhere
2: yes like thank you for articulating that and thank you for having, thank you, I think it was Netflix, for mm-hmm. having the courage to let that be said, right? So that yes. we can free these chains that bonds. And if I circle this back around, someone has led this child to believe. Yeah. I think that's a beginning place for us to interrogate. What is it we've been led to that. believe that defines our circumstances right here and right now? Right.
0: Yeah, I I really wish I'd read this when I was in middle school because I I used to be so angry, but I feel like books saved my life in a way. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it was my way to escape what everybody had to say about me because I don't have time. Eventually, I got to a point where I didn't have time for it. Right. Yeah. Like, I won't probably care about you in a couple years, so Mm -hmm. it's okay. Once I—you get to that realization, Mm -hmm. people's opinions can kind of slide away. Mm. But something you did in your book, you wrote a list Mm -hmm. that— I loved of the thing, 10 things you wanted to be mm. and I think my favorite part of that was the fact the, the last two also besides you know, ballet a social worker a teacher and you just said I want to be different from my mother I want to be different from my father Yeah, which is most kids who grow up in the foster care system especially when they realize that they might not be able to go back with them that's ho- what they want they mm. want to be different they want to be the change that's right mm. in that, for, that, for the generation they're living right now
2: I can remember living in a group home in the late 80s no I'm sorry early 80s and I was very different from all the other girls in the group home because I didn't date I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't sneak out and and act out I studied dictionaries and I studied Anything I could get my hands on that would help me understand the conditions that I lived in, and I'll never forget when one wow. of the young women said, "I want to be no better than my mama." And my mama was a bus driver, and I ain't gonna do nothing. That you know, uh, uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. If I get to be a bus driver, then that'd be okay. But mm mm. And I thought to myself, I will be so much more than my mother could ever think to be. Not from a place of pride Mm -hmm. and shaming my mother, Mm -hmm. but I looked. I had to see it this way. My mother, and I'm going to assume she did the best she could with what she had. She didn't have what I have. Mm -hmm. She didn't have the protection. She was, I don't want to tell her story, but she had her first child at 13 in the most horrific of ways. Mm -hmm. So it's not that she was bad. It's mm-hmm. that no one protected her. So I have to want more than that for me, for my my child or whatever children I, w- I thought I would have. So that was important. And as far as my father, unfortunately I just don't have the emotional connection to him. He was a genius and he did well in his world, but it was all about him. Bless his heart.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I have my own for experiences like that, but... Y- you went from two books, right, to now a movie mm-hmm. telling your story. Mm-hmm. Did you know you always wanted to tell your story from book to movie? Was it something you wanted? I knew that when I had the when I had the
2: experience that led me to write, as opposed to attempting suicide.
1: Mm.
2: Once I got the initial text on the paper. And I I put it in a drawer, and I I didn't look at it for maybe six months. And then when I pulled it out, long story as to how that came to fruition, and then I thought, okay, because it was too alive. When I began to write the story, my heart was pounding, and I had no idea that I was experiencing PTSD. Mm. I had no idea. But I did know that something was saying Careful not to disturb the raggedy screen door that barely left the man-eating mosquitoes from tearing our asses up. Mm-hmm. I linked my body into the frame and stared into the sky. I could tell by the way the clouds moved that God was going to start crying soon. My, I, I couldn't sit still, and I was scared, and I threw the pencil down. And later I came back to it, finished that, put it in a drawer, then thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I have I have to do this. And then just let this thing take over and do whatever it is. I, I think I'm off topic, but anyway. It's
1: just a... <laughs> it's okay. something, I love this sister right
0: here. No, we're all connected. We're great today. Yes. Um, but I, it was interesting, from even from a book that also showed up in the movie was your time in the psychiatric hospital. Mm. And something that, that really just caught me was... They're easy just saying, Oh, if you take the here's your medication, you'll be better Mm. instead of actually figuring out what your problem was. Mostly, it was just you were just angry. No, baby, no. Mostly, I had
2: fallen in love and attached to my mother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they did not have the language for trauma informed. Approach nor cultural humility. Mm -mm. So basically, they criminalized my need to belong and attach. Hmm.
0: Yes, and it was it was crazy. They just kept piling you with, even with the side effects I was reading in the book. Why would you think that? If they're making me sicker, why is how is that? Still the course of action. Foster
2: care is a sixty-five billion dollar a year industry. Wow. Uh, right before Obama left office, he allocated, I think it was $765 million to investigate children being over-medicated in the foster care system. It's a way of, of using medications as the gatekeeper. It's like a, it's like a chemical straitjacket yeah. to keep children dispossessed. To keep so that you don't have to deal with their trauma, so that you don't have to make yourself available and to connect in our common humanity and say, baby, I see you Mm -hmm. and I hear you. So instead, the medications numb you and dull you. And then when when emancipation comes around, listen to the word. When emancipation. Where, what does this ring true? So it's a kind of bondage. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of slavery. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of dispossession and disenfranchisement and a marginalization. Mm-hmm. And the word emancipation in and of itself, where does that, right. where are the roots of that? What are that? the origins of that, yep. So we have children who are they make up what's called the foster care industrial complex that is born out of what did i hear somebody say capitalism Mm -hmm. yep
0: yeah yeah because it's still still happening today which is in my mind crazy instead of actually trying to figure out the root of everything you'd rather like you said you know put in a bondage because you don't want to deal with it but again Why did you choose the profession you're in then, sir?
2: Right. This gets really deep. Yeah. So imagine if disproportionately there are more children in the California foster care system than there are children in the general population of California. Just sit with that. Oh, yeah, we're in L.A. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. there are more children, black children, in Mm -hmm. foster care in California than there are In the general population. So where are these families that are supposed to take our children? So if we use the mentality of slavery, of dispossession, of criminalizing even the families, right? We don't, some people may not even certify black families to take children in. Right. And the process to do so is so slow and laborious. Mm -hmm. that people are like I'm done with that I can't wait so it's a systematic way of thinking that not even the black family is qualified to heal the black child so we're going to give that to white folks to do or we're going to we're going to farm out that responsibility to people who can do it uphold those American values of what exactly
0: Capitalism, mm. slavery,
2: mm-hmm. ownership. Yeah, um, there you go.
0: I mean,
2: can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Ooh. Ooh. There it mm-hmm. is.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> it yeah, you know, we can't really get deep on that. Yeah, one. yeah. yeah. we just did. Yeah, I we
2: just did. did. I, I feel you like we deep did. a little bit. Yeah, you yeah, did. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I appreciate it. Right, me too. But mm-hmm. for
0: you, for Twinkie, for how did you come out of this project debate? Lifetime reach out, or did you bring it to them?
1: No, I wish. <laughs> Lifetime reached out, and then I went on search for her. I combed Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I kept coming up against the wrong Regina Louises. Like, it just, I'm like, what? I went to the website. I left a message. Nothing back. I'm like, okay. Am I sending my information to the, because I wasn't even casting it yet. I was, I wanted to find out who she is so I know what to cast, how to cast, what to look for, what to feel. So I finally got in touch with her. I, I believe it was our director, Janice Cook. She got in touch with you and then told me what your number was or something. We started texting back and forth. And I was like, listen, it's too much to text. We need to talk. <laughs> like we need to, I need to have, I need to hear your voice. We need to talk. And I'm in the drive through at, I don't even know what, fast food, getting my coffee, and I'm talking to this woman, and it was like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. Like, she had all of this vibrance and energy, and just larger than life, and T-O-O dot dot dot, which is me. My whole life, I've been too something, too much, too tall, yeah. too, like, too much mouth, too sassy, too... Whatever that is, she was it, and it matched mine, and we... That happens when,
0: I do. Like, when you just it's a it's a aura it's a it's vibe it's dope. a spirit it is and so as you're in that just you just you click automatically and you just know
1: you do and i have been on this quest of 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 focusing on authors and having conversations with people of color black people and spe- specifically with regards to telling their stories. And it's so challenging to hear someone have a great story. Maybe you're riding a train or you're sitting in a coffee shop or you're hanging out somewhere and somebody gives you just a little, you know, you you just talk to someone, you just vibe and you feel it. And then I hear this amazing story. I'm like, this should be a book. Why haven't you written? Oh, that's, you know, that's that's not it. These kids ain't going to read it. That's not important. That's the way we, we feel about ourselves. However, that is not the way she feels about herself Mm -hmm. and telling the story. And I had worked with teenage girls in foster care in this group called Hershey and uh, for five or six years being a mentor and camp counselor and I became the recitation coach. And I was the Miss Twinkie nobody wanted to deal with because they were like, if you say a word in Miss Twinkie's presence and you don't know the definition, she will make you look it up in a dictionary. Mm. That's who I was.
0: I respect that, though. That's who Come I still on. am. You don't understand.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you saying? Do you even means? know what you're saying? What are you saying to me? Get the book. And <laughs> they hate it, but they love it at the same time at that time. And I, I just it's like I literally when I'm reading this script and I'm. and and her book and hearing her talk to me, I was like, do you understand that you co-created and manifested this moment? Do you understand that that's what you did because of her drive and her passion for telling her story and getting it? She stopped at nothing. Like people were ignoring her. She went to production company after production company and God bless those people. They didn't have the capacity to handle what it is that, just the bit that you saw. Yes. Let alone what's really going on, what what other information is really going on. So finally it got to Lifetime and they were excited about telling it. And I'm so grateful because uh, myself, my director, Janice Cook, she was we're all very passionate about telling this story. And our passion comes through. It comes from her to us, through us, to the cast, through the cast, to the crew. And from the crew cast and all of it through the screen, and it impacted so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. That she was live on Twitter and Instagram, and the feed was blowing.
0: You're trending. Up. Oh my she goodness. Trended.
2: What do you say to. How do I say thank you? Mm-hmm. Sometimes just thank you isn't enough. I feel like I have like 15,000 correspondences and I've tried to every day answer she does at least 25 to 50 every day I personally want to an- answer people and when someone says is this is this really Regina and for me it's about normalizing the experience don't don't uh, make me bigger than I am common humanity so I try and I I try and respond in Uh, several times I've had to speak to 6 year olds and 8 year olds and 12 year olds who are crying because they want to make sure I'm okay so I'll send a voice message hey baby girl this is Regina I'm good you okay (laughs) baby I mean I'm really trying to offer people hope tangible real this isn't an assistant this isn't automated no AI here just me you know just
1: Amazing. Yes. And we became friends through all of that. Yeah. And casting it. And she's like, who who are you thinking about? Who are you looking at? And I was like, well, which one do you like? I'm sending her tapes and stuff. Well, which one do you like?
0: That was going to be my next question. <laughs> was it? Because at, like after you guys talked, what were you looking specifically in the actress for the younger <sighs> version for Regina? What
1: was I looking for specifically? I wanted the... I really wanted... The passion I wanted the the vulnerability I wanted her to be able to be open enough to accept what was happening to her. But inside of her eyes, there was something always like I shared with her on the phone. I I said, "You don't understand. That was God talking. That was your inner your inner voice that kept you going. That is so special. It's so incredibly special to be able to hear it." and then to be able to act on on it. And that, I needed her to, to hear God inside of her and to act on it, to be vulnerable, to be afraid, to, to really, I needed all of that to be so palpable and so present that you then were affected because I wanted to honor her and the story that she has been through. And we saw so many great actresses. And let me tell you, these girls were pulling out all the stops. They they reached out to her on Instagram. I reached out to them. Yes. Baby, are you okay? Yes, a few. She How reached out to a few everything of them. Yes, going at I the call to take back. Care of everybody. She wanted everyone to be her. Yeah. She was like, well, can she be me from this age to this age, mm-hmm. and then we
2: move to that one? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and but I have to say this: I'm lying in bed one night and I'm watching Greenleaf. I don't watch television, but I thought, you know, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna try to get something going, Mm -hmm. watch a series, you know, I'm a game of if I do watch it is Game of Thrones. So I'm watching Greenleaf. And I'm one stricken by the similarity and flabbergasted. And this is way before like maybe two months before this thing has been green lighted. And part of my contract was I would have commentary on Played the three main characters, most importantly, uh, Gene and me, and that did not happen. So, Jennifer was picked, done, boom, boom, boom. So, I'm like, wait a minute now, okay, so I want to have you know some skin in this game. And I called up the executive producer, the, the guy with the money, and I'm like, I, we. Have got to go and get this Kim Hawthorne. Mm. Yeah. It, <laughs> you do not understand. Like, this movie can't, we can't, and I get very passionate and animated. Kim Hawthorne yeah. is Gwen Going Ford. Ford the the skin tone the the prim and proper the it's sinewy nice. the petiteness, yes. the
0: afro. the afro all oh my of it gosh. was that afro not everything that afro everything. I just I, can't, I I'm not, uh, mm. it was just a lot it was awesome mm. Every, the whole entire package mm. of Gwen Ford in the in the in the movie was amazing, amazing.
2: you would have had to have known the the real person it was bre- i'm like i'm being punked by the universe right this I can't is an, and you know to to it's like you know when you see when lightning strikes at least for me when lightning strikes and i get that yes and i know that i have to do everything to manifest that it was that it's like it doesn't matter who else shows up mm. nothing personal jennifer mm-hmm. and angela but this is the driving character of this. Yeah. This woman is going to force everybody to up their game. This is going to be one of those Patty LaBelle and and
1: Cindy Lauper moments.
2: <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And it was,
1: yeah. as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, she was dope. She I got was, to be on set for that. She
0: was everything. She gave no quarter. No. I just loved it. Yeah. You know, she was, like, never raised you just her Much you disliked it a little bit, but... Oh! Oh! She wow! Never she never her raised her voice. voice no, nope. that, that's actually interesting. Just a choice to be made, anyway. Well, there's a, there's a stillness in not raising your voice. Mm-hmm. There
1: is a lot of power in it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so a much power just the stillness. In mm-hmm. We've heard a lot of screaming from a lot of folks and a lot of people on TV, mm-hmm. but that Kim Hawthorne, mm-hmm. she found a way. And well, I mean, it's who she is. She's she's an opera singer. She is a brilliant actress she is a mother she is a creator and so she of course does not have to raise her voice to get Mm. her point across it's like claire huxtable Mm.
0: come on now claire huxtable never had
1: to raise her voice Oh no. oh no! It'd the be a words. facial expression. Yeah, she gave
2: the the, looks. Wor- the words, she, and I the looks. I can't wait to make some memes because you know I have. a <laughs> I can't wait. I, I would see her. Mm, 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 I'm like, what's she doing? Yep. Mm, 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 getting in
1: character, yes. right? Mm-hmm.
2: She is everything. I yeah. love
1: you, Kim. Kim if you're watching, mm, <laughs> Kim is dope. And Kim is Angela, dope. Angela, she auditioned for me for a whole another show called God Complex yeah. that I directed and uh, two episodes. And um, shout out to Claire Conroy Brown. Um, and I found her at an open call. We had an open call. so saw about 600 young people for that show, for God Complex. And uh, and then I watched her instrument. I watched her work. And I was like, oh, she is, she's got something. And then when this came up, I, I called her manager. And I was like, listen, she'd be great for this. She's somebody that I want to come in, have her put it on tape. And she came in. She came in and... Janice and I saw her. We flew in young ladies from uh, New Orleans and New York, and we gave her a scene on the spot, just something that was not even a part of everything. We gave each one of them a scene on the spot that Janice just pulled at that moment to read cold. They go out for five minutes, come back, and she just, she absolutely was in. So... It happened it was we were ready to go.
2: It was something, so yeah. there were a lot of women, beautiful, they were great, beautiful, they were great, exquisite nubian queens, yes, princesses, yes, so, you know they they're called selects, I guess mm-hmm. when when you do the casting thing, and again, it was in my contract that I could be a <laughs> part of it, which you know that they, they had and to, and it was a little limited to what I could do, and i'm like, okay i 'm gonna roll with this. So they send them, send them, send them, and we just start eliminating people. And then this little girl, yeah, the, the, the vulnerability that it took for her to try and interpret what Regina would look like, dress like, was really fascinating mm-hmm. to me. And I saw the effort. But there was a scene where, I have to say, she just took it. And there's a scene where she and Jen, they're now on camera. This is a process, a Mm -hmm. process. So now she and Jen are on camera, and Jen says, I want to make you my daughter. And she just puts her hand over her mouth, and her eyes just melt, and her whole face just crushes with emotion and uh, trying to swallow the lump. Because you get it. And so...
1: yeah. There it is. And we have Angela, Ken Fairley. That is the, and from, from a casting standpoint, to be honest, and something that I am noticing with young actors and actresses, vulnerability is a challenge. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to be a professional right away. Mm-hmm. Like, they just want to know every single thing. And they get upset with you, with me, if they don't. If you ask me a question like, was I supposed to slate? And when I sent you my tape, and I'm like, well, professional slate. So you're calling me unprofessional. I said, no, 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 I didn't call you unprofessional. I just said professional slate. Yeah. How do you feel about If you didn't slate, then you feeling unprofessional? Great. Take that. Let's go to the next thing. Yeah. If you are feeling like something is happening to you, if something happens, and you would come out fighting, but inside somewhere, there is a place where it's like, Why? do I have to deal with this all the time? Or why am I going through? Or I'm just, I'm hurt. I'm a child. I'm tired. We have to pay attention to, especially artists, actors. We got to pay attention. What does it look like to be children? How do they look and feel? How do they play? What happens when they're hurt? What happens when they feel pain? Or when they feel like someone's disappointed? Like, what is all of that that's going on? And you have to bank it. You really have to be an observer. And you really have to, to enjoy watching mm-hmm. others so in order to be that kind of actor. When you think about um, I Am Sam, and, and you think about him having to you know, play a, a person, a human being who is not going to go past maybe the age of 8 or 10 a- as a full-grown adult. His maturity level is 8 or 10-year-old. That means you have to watch a bunch of 8 and 10 year olds. So, it is really important to be emotionally available to find the nuances in, in that in that person and then she's on set with Regina Louise. OMG. She gets to ask any question. She gets to to watch her walk and move. And you know what I mean? And, and and these moments that she has, some moments, like, I'm so glad I was there with her. Sometimes she was like, okay, I can't see the scene. I got to walk away. Come on, sweetie, Let's go get something to drink. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, she really has to take a moment to walk away. Yeah. And you, you're doing a real person's life in real time in front of her. It was epic. It's the most, it's one of the most epic things that I've ever been a part of. Honestly,
2: and I think what was epic to dovetail off that, and I think it, it became evident to me what what was the magnanimity of the situation to be on a set with what it was like a hundred mm-hmm. hundred plus men, you know, gaffers and grips, right. and you know, um, there was one African American man he was the boomer, yes, right. But everybody else was predominantly Canadian. Mm -hmm. And to have the sound designer say, in his 25 years of making a movie, he had never experienced anything as emotionally effective as this movie. And to see grown men doing this, like a lot, you know, and then to have them say, it's so awesome to see that you're okay Mm -hmm. and and i'm walking around and i've dealt with my trauma you know for a long long time but holding space for angela like Mm -hmm. i feel like i stayed way longer simply because i i wanted to be a reminder i'm okay Mm-hmm. You can go here and there. And and just what traumas, it reactivated in her. I was so concerned with that. I remember calling mm-hmm. Twinkie and thinking, if she's had experience in the foster care system, is it not our responsibility to make sure that we have things in place to take care of her? And she was right. just genius, like, we got this, boom, 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 boom. Because first and foremost, that's what I wanted to make sure of. It's irresponsible, in my way, in my opinion, to send somebody, even if they're acting. Right. Into something potentially so deep. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a learning lesson on so many levels. And she oh my God. Oh my goodness. Uh yeah.
0: Well thank you so much. And as much as I would love to go so much more deep dive with you. (laughs) Unfortunately we do have to end We do uh you wanna tell the people one where they can find you Um, and two, what's what are you doing next?
2: Wow. So find me at www.iamreginalouise.com dot com. That's my website. And my Instagram is the real Regina Louise. I'm trying to talk I am Regina Louise out of her Instagram name so she could give it back to me. I don't think she's having it. <laughs> and then on Facebook, Regina Louise. What's next? Uh you know, so yeah no we got stuff cookin'. yeah we got stuff cooking okay.
1: yeah
0: we do yeah
1: now the producer side of me comes out yeah and yeah. uh we're we're collaborating yeah. on some well, projects I'm
0: so happy yeah. to hear that and twinkie you have your you've partnered with universal for you've been a, you've been in a monologue contest for years but now you're yes. partnered with universal and have yes. a new title flip the script monologue yes, it contest does. it unfortunately guys the missions did end yesterday ah, we opened it back up because we, gr-
1: we had a glitch so oh, we cool. opened it back up till friday night midnight
0: oh i'm auditioning
1: <laughs> yes i'm not She's not auditioning okay so
0: it is open until friday night at midnight twinkie, yes. do you want to tell the people where they can find you they can
1: find me at i am twinkie bird b-y-r-d she at is. instagram on That's instagram right. <laughs> and i am twinkie bird on facebook and i am twinkie bird on twitter That's you guys right. can
0: find me at real shay jones on twitter and Instagram. And if you're over on the afterbus site after this, check out The Perfectionist at 7 p.m.
2: And I can play somebody's mama.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Bye, guys. <laughs>